welcome to episode number 10 of the Sheffield Hopcast and um, a special one for us because we are recording this just a couple of days before the start of Sheffield Beer Festival and therefore we are at Kellam Island Museum where it will all be taking place in a few days time. Uh, we're in, um, we're, well we're actually in a pub of sorts, we're in a place called the Mill Owners Arms. Now if you've been to Kellam Island Museum you might be aware of it. It's actually kind of like a, 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 a representation of a pub uh, with various kind of things on the wall that teach you a bit about the pub scene of Sheffield over the years. So it's kind of like a pub museum, if you like, and it can actually be used as a pub as well for special events and whatnot. Um, so we'll be chatting to uh, Eddie from Kellam Island Museum a little bit later on to find out a bit more about this venue and to find out how preparations are going uh, ahead of the beer festival. Uh, I'm James. Now, we have no Adam tonight. We have uh, replaced him with a sack of potatoes, uh, which uh, Sean brought with him. Um, so, um, so far, they've been marginally better than Adam <laughs> normally is. <laughs> um, so uh, it's just the three of us now uh, Paul who is one of the organisers of Sheffield Beer Festival uh, was hoping to join us on the um, Hopcast tonight he's super busy getting things ready but we'll hopefully catch up with him for a chat a little bit later on um, Sean is here as you've heard good evening um, it's that time it's beer of the month beer of the month uh, all of mine seem to centre around little trips so that, that's telling me something that I like drinking beer when I'm on when I'm away from home uh, me and Deb sneaked across to York just for uh, a night last weekend and uh, I actually went down to their camera pub of the year the Rook and Gaskell uh, Sunday afternoon uh, but got there pushed the door it uh, firmly pushed me back and uh, it opened at four o'clock when I looked at the opening times. So I had a, a trek back into the city, because that's just south of the city. Went to a favorite pub of mine, the Maltins, uh, just by Lendl Bridge, and uh, went in, um, had a pint of uh, cookie cream stout by Turning Point Brewery, based up in North Yorkshire. Uh, beer was called Lucid Dream and outstanding. Also had the Thornbridge uh, Salted Caramel Lucario a little bit later on that day, uh, and that was very, very close to it as well, but I just preferred the Lucid Dream Turning Point. Brilliant beer. Sounds good. Um, Laura, what's your beer of the month? Uh, I've kind of got two. That's all right. Um, just couldn't choose between them. Uh, one of them is from Brookeriot Brewery, who are a brewery that I really, really uh, enjoy, um, Alpha Beta. Um, I read the label and I was like, how the hell is that going to work? It's described as a complex and refreshing Berliner Weiss with beetroot, passion fruit, lime and vanilla. Ooh. And I mean, I love all of those things separately, but did I really want them all together? Turns out, yes, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, really, really good, just obscenely well balanced. Um, I'm really surprising. Uh, and then the other one, which I kind of hate myself a little bit for because I try really hard not to get all aboard the hype train but I was at Indie Man yesterday and I queued for the Omnipolo Buxton original double strawberry ice cream soft serve and it was just all my hopes and dreams come true uh, and the only way I could think to describe it was just so sweet and that really you know it didn't taste like actual strawberries it was proper strawberry ice cream and i was just saying it's like if my little pony did beer and it was just right up my street they should have called it that actually <laughs> my, 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 yeah, my, my little, little pony <laughs> so yeah less well balanced 
definitely less beery, but I just really enjoyed did, it. Did you have that, James? I saw you with a little I pink, had, pink um, number. Well, we should just prelude this with the fact that all three of us went to Indie Man over the weekend, although not on the same days. Um, Sean and I were there on Friday. Laurie waited until um, Sunday. Sunday. Um, so, yeah, um, no, I had the raspberry soft serve, and I've heard a lot of um, talk about them. I know, obviously, Laurie, you've talked about them before. So I was quite excited about having it. Um, I was maybe just a little bit disappointed. It just, I, I couldn't quite figure out what it was trying to be, what it was trying to do. It just seemed, a, I don't know, it confused me a little. I think I found a few of the others a bit confusing. Like there's still that residual bitterness that you get in some of them. I think that doesn't quite work, but it was just none of that. And it was literally like a melted strawberry ice cream in a glass, the strawberry one. I was, I was annoyed because when I got there um, and they got the signs up for the strawberry one, so I said, oh, the, the strawberry one. I said, we've only just put it in so it won't be cold enough yet. Um, so um, you've got a choice between, I think it's chocolate or uh, raspberry. I was like, hmm, 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 hmm. I don't really want either of those. Yeah. And then Sean poured the remains of your, whatever chocolate beer you were having, you poured I that did. into it. Yes. So I ended up with a mishmash of raspberry and chocolate. Yeah. Anyway. I remember that. Yeah. It was. It was I had forgotten about it. So my beer of the month does come from Indie Man on Friday. In fact, I've got an honourable mention because after going to Indie Man and getting back home, and, and I got back home relatively early, about eightish something like that. So I thought I can't go to bed yet. So I'll stay up and have a, a beer and watch a bit of TV. Um, and the beer that I got in the fridge, which I know was on at the festival, but I didn't get it because I knew I got it in the fridge. And I think there's a few different breweries involved in that, in, in this one. Don't mess with Manchester, um, which is to celebrate. Is it the opening of a new bar or something? Uh, Northern Monk's new bar. Yes. Yeah, opened just over a week ago right. uh, in Manchester's Northern Quarter. Yep. Uh, that was lovely. That was really, really nice. And that was one of my, certainly in terms of uh, standard beers, that was my favourite one that I drank actually through the whole day. But the beer that I'm going to pick out as my, my favourite. Uh, was the Dea and uh, Verdant collab Eye of the Duck, which was a sour IPA with raspberry, lactose, almond, and vanilla. Which, not unlike yours, Laura, kind of seems like quite a few random flavours to throw together, but it just worked and it just it got a, a real load of depth to it. And um, it was one of those beers that kind of, as, as you drank it, it, its taste kind of developed and changed. It was really unusual. Uh, and I really liked that and I thought it was a really good beer. So that, that's my of the month. We don't know what Adams is because um, he's turned into We're a sack of suds. Yeah, yeah, should we ask it? No. Sack of is gonna, obviously going to vote for something like uh, vodka or something, isn't it? Because There was uh, a potato and spruce uh, sour from I've, from your brewer. I've Bacaria. got one in the fridge right. at home. There you go. Um, I haven't tried it yet. I, I know of at least one person to. whose can uh, exploded, so I would drink that nice oh, and quickly. Okay, Laura. thank That's you. Noted. That's only in the last week as well. <laughs> it's been in the fridge, so hopefully it'll, uh, hopefully it'll be alright. So the theme tonight, and we, um, as we always do in our little kind of chat group that we've got between the, 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 the three of us and the Sacker Spuds, we, um, we kind of discuss ideas for what theme we're going to go for, and um, Laura actually came up with the theme for tonight because we want to do something to mark the beer festival but we've already done like a Sheffield beers episode before um, so each of us have picked out a brewery who are here over the weekend we've got a beer on 
at Sheffield Beer Festival over the weekend. Um, and we've picked out a beer from um, one each of, from those uh, breweries. Um, now, Paul, obviously, who was going to join us, he's picked one out as well. Um, so that's how we get to our four beers. And the first one is the brewery picked out by Sean. It is. Our, uh beer that um, has been around for a, a short while now, but this is the the whole sort of new version of it. The brewery is Arbor from Bristol, top per top class brewery, uh, particularly strong on, on their cask stuff. Their breakfast stout goes down in, in legend at Shakespeare's particularly, I think it was their beer of the year in 2013, 2014, when Chris and Robin were there. Um, so Arbor, based in Bristol, very smart brewery, and they've just, in the last few days, released brand new uh, cans. Uh, they're uh, pretty famous within the sort of bottle and can sort of uh, group of, of, of packages of doing pint bottles. So their uh, bottles are full pint bottles, and it's fantastic to see that with the new cans, they've done exactly the same. So we have a jet black tall can that's just dwarfed the Abbeydale can that we put it alongside a few moments ago. Uh, the beer's mosaic, it's a gluten-free single hot pale ale. Uh, good news is that this is on at the beer festival as well, okay. uh, on cask. Um, the one pint cans are just look menacing. They're huge, they are absolutely so huge. Um, How have they done it though? Because even their bottles look bigger than other one pint yeah, bottles. They've always yeah. managed to just make stuff that looks bigger and very, that's... Very imposing. That's massive. Very imposing. Looks like a, a shell that should be fired at some baddies in the distance. Uh, so a brilliant looking can. The Mosaic Single Hop are really heavily hopped and will get lots of tropical flavour. A nice sort of start to the evening. Are, uh, just over 4%. So we're... Uh, We'll get off to a good start. It's not enough nice and gentle. Yes. So here we go. Arbor Mosaic. Have you ever had any one pint cans in before? Um, I don't think we have. We may have had... They may have been... Um, well, they were, they were American. May have been a, a, a one pint can... Um, there might have been a Founders real biggie that they did, but I think this is certainly the first UK one that I'm familiar with, and if it was the States, it would have been American Pint anyway. I mean, part of me wants it, because we've got sort of traditional pint glasses to drink from tonight that have been brought to us by the museum. Part mm-hmm. of me just wants to, you know, pop the whole can yeah. just very fruity smell mm. so gluten free as well there's a real revolution at the moment in terms of gluten free brewing in the UK uh, not much more than a year ago 18 months ago the uh, the general offering was uh, steady away and consistent and familiar uh, nowadays lots of new breweries particularly are, uh, are, are brewing uh, gluten free beers Arbor amongst them, obviously Magic Rock as well, uh, perhaps lead the way with Phantasma. Uh, lots, lots and lots of, even Sheffield Brewers Brew Foundation, uh, lots and lots of uh, options now in terms of gluten free. Uh, generally, when we're, we're stocking them now, it's rare for them to drop below sort of 16, 18 options in the shop, so that's fantastic and, and is 
uh, really strong. A lot, a lot of demand for gluten-free beers in Sheffield, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's great because a couple of years ago, I'd imagine that would have been what one or two. Yeah, yeah. World top. World top. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. Um, I think we've had as many as 22, 23 at different points, but. Yeah, this tastes good, but I'm a bit. It does feel more like I'm drinking a bottled beer. Actually, it's not got very much carbonation to it. Um, I don't think that's particularly affecting the flavour. I just don't really feel like I'm drinking a beer that's come out of a can. Mine's got a fly in it now. A Victorian fly. A bit of a fly, that's fine. Mm. So colour of it, a nice little bit darker. Drink, yeah, a little bit darker than uh, than than uh, I expected. A little it's bit very, darker. It's very uh, orangey, yeah, slightly ruby amber, sort yeah. of colour. Nice bitterness to it. You, you, you're absolutely right, though, Laura. It doesn't have anything like the kind of fizz that you'd expect it to no. have coming out of a can. The can looks very kind of modern. The beer... I don't say it doesn't taste modern, but it just doesn't pour very modern. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, if, you, if I had poured that all into the same pint glass, you'd have thought you had yeah. a flattish pint of cask. Yeah. We're guessing that's probably deliberate. Kind of, kind of brewery that they um, that they are. Yeah, possibly. But they're not well, a safe well, brewery. Probably they? I mean, not. I've, I've, the, bo- the bottles were always bottle conditioned and really yeah. excellent quality. It doesn't say anything so, about their can conditioning on there. I don't think they are. Uh, it is available this beer on cask at the festival, so right. it'd be interesting for us to try that perhaps on uh, a Wednesday as a, an alternative. It's really tasty, though. Yeah. Very clean taste to it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Very simple. It knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. typical. to a little blueberry feel to it, mosaic. And I'm really happy that I can just, you know, nicely drink that because I was wondering yeah. how it was going to get off being feeling slightly worse for yesterday. Yeah, after, uh, <laughs> that is a nice start for you, that. A nice, in, gentle start. Yeah. Do, we have any, um, do we have any stories from Indieman, then, that, that are suitable for... Sharing. Um, Sean, Sean missed, you, you missed your train home. Or I managed uh, no, to help you no, miss your no, train no, home. No, I, I did catch the train. Uh, the train was delayed. Oh, right. And so um, I would have missed the train, but the train was delayed. Uh, but then, obviously, I had to stand up all the way back to Sheffield. Uh, but uh, it was interesting, nonetheless. Um, last year, both trains were standing, uh, both to. Manchester and back. This time, only one way was standing, right. so it's, it's a big improvement. Yeah. <laughs> we got the what wrong train. You got the wrong yeah, train. This is yeah. a better story. Yeah, we uh, just casually said on the platform that it was the right train and leaving at 2018, and on we got, and uh, and it, it just you know chugged off the platform at ten past, and we're like, uh, where are we going? And uh, <laughs> went to Manchester Airport. <laughs> a bit of a shame so it took us nearly two and a half hours to get home instead of an hour crikey but uh, you know we were on the train we were alright we've made some friends yes (laughs) everybody else had a suitcase (laughs) (laughs) wow Um, but yeah we had a really good day caught up with uh, loads of great people I think going on the Sunday uh, there were slightly fewer um, sort of tradey people there Um, still plenty of people that we know through you know, from yeah. bars and breweries around. A bit more um, casual. But it was actually really, really busy, but it was it was nice to 
spend the day being... I think it's nice perhaps on the yeah. Sunday to uh, um, just slam your foot down on the pedal. It's not as embarrassing getting slaughtered on a Sunday as <laughs> it is on a Friday. Is it, Aura? <laughs> well, actually, because um, it wasn't quite sold out for Sunday, I don't think, but there were very few tickets left. But the general kind of uh, feedback that I was getting from the people behind the bars was that they were busier, yeah. despite yeah. there being slightly fewer yeah. people because yeah. people more were, drink. you know, yeah. just more drinking and, and then chatting. So, yeah. it, it did sell out on Sunday because I remember seeing oh, a tweet it? from them. Yeah, quite quite oh, late on yeah. Sunday morning saying that the, both the sessions oh, had sold out. Right. Well, I was trying to be relatively sensible, but then when we arrived, uh, we the reason Jim and I decided to go on the Sunday uh, was because. Uh, the beer that we made with Torside as okay. Mashton and Meow was, was pouring um, and we got there and we they said it had nearly all gone so we started the day on a 12.5% imperial <laughs> peated ginger barley wine yeah. which uh, we really really enjoyed so shameless little plug there for Power Stance which is our uh, recent collaboration to us. I think it's still available in bottles. And I know this is a, a podcast so people out there can't see the photos that Laura took while she was at the festival but we've seen them and uh, she clearly had a very good day. <laughs> <laughs> and then a lovely trip to Manchester Airport afterwards. Yeah, yeah fair enough. It was the first, um, first time that I've been um, and I was really looking forward to it and it's a great little event isn't it? And It's, it's a brilliant such, venue. Rem- such remarkable a good venue, venue yeah. really. I was trying to explain to my mum the fact that it was kind of like it's an old swimming pool and some of the bars are inside the swimming pool and mm. um, then you have to you know you climb up some stairs here and then some ladders there mm. and just walk through this little changing we, yeah, room. Yeah, we found a secret staircase that yeah, took us it, up to what we christened the VIP section <laughs> because we'd found it. <laughs> we found it. We didn't know how to get back afterwards, no. but we uh, yeah. but we uh, but we found it. I, I think I've found a different room or a bit of it every year that I've been. Mm. I, I can't remember if it was the first year or the second year, and Northern Monk had um, one of the small Turkish bathrooms. Mm. And I was wandering around. I thought I was going back to um, kind of the main area. Mm. And I got a little bit lost, and I stumbled in, and it was pitch black with red lights mm. and a monk in the corner, and they were playing, like, creepy mm. music. And I was just like... Where on earth am I, and where is everyone else? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's definitely an experience. I'd uh, I'd really recommend it to. Yep. There was um, there was a rave room on Friday when we were there, wasn't there? Eleven yeah, down, o'clock in the morning, the front, got yeah. all the lights turned down and um, some Fish. strobe lighting yeah. and disco lighting and stuff, and uh, the tunes banging out. That was. I think it's it's odd. most beer festivals have a general atmosphere and and theme to them all, whereas. Uh, Indie Man has a, w- w- whichever room you go in, there's a different feel, different mm-hmm. atmosphere, and I think it's excellent. Even better as a result of that, you've almost got uh, three or four, or five different little festivals going off in their own right within one yeah. one venue. Yeah. yeah. Controversial opinion though, and I completely understand why they weren't there, but I did kind of miss the Beaver Town vibe because that has been um, my favourite room yeah, been there in the before, past. Yeah. Uh, and they, I think they've been room sponsors every year mm. up until now, but uh, we're uh, not invited to, to go along this year because yeah. of the Heineken bar. Yeah. Which, yeah, I do understand, but they always they always had a really good mood. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was good fun. Lights for a verdant room this year. 
It was, the Verdant Room was very busy when I was there. Mm. And very serious. No one seemed to want to smile in the Verdant Room. It was the serious room. Oh, it was the, you, you've got to, you, you can't be... If you're uh, not cool enough to not smile, you're not, you're not welcome. Yeah, craft beer can be a little bit, bit earnest it was a bit moody sometimes. Yeah. I think that's why I'm glad yeah. I went on the Sunday, because yeah. it, I think there were more people there that were... You know, interested in beer yes. and in finding out and just going along for a few yeah. drinks rather than Less business taking it too seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I think Burning yeah, Sky re- had the most fun re- place. Real Ale can be a bit grumpy, craft yeah. beer can be a bit earnest, a bit serious. They could both yeah. just laugh a little bit more, I think. <laughs> we did enough laughing for everyone. Yes, we did. Uh, right then, Arbor Mosaic, thoughts? Uh, steady away, um, pretty much what I expected, apart from its condition. Yep. Very drinkable, very pleasant, very soft, very gentle, yeah. but nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree on all points, but mm-hmm. don't think we, I have very much more to add, we're, really. We're making, it, we're making it so start, easy for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to ramp things up a little now with our next beer, which comes from the brewery that I've picked, uh, which is the Colonel, uh, and this is um, India Pale Ale. HBC431, um, and I'm hoping that Sean knows what that means because I have no idea. Hops get a, a test name. Laura actually would uh, can, can, would also hopefully uh, cl- clarify what I'm saying. But hops get a test name before release, and I know I had a, a beer. I'm sure I had an HBC431 produced by um, Flying Dog going back maybe uh, three years ago. So they get a test name before release. And um, this was the test name, and it seemed to catch on. So most uh, hops then get a, 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 a changed brand name. So Mosaic would have had a, a test number name as it uh, as it started, and then became Mosaic. Famously, um, Equinox uh, got into a little bit of trouble and had to be renamed Equinox yeah. uh, about 12 months ago. But this test name uh, remained. And so I suppose it makes it relatively unique. I think there's a couple of others done exactly the same. But this is just its original test name that's been retained, HBC431. So it's a, the name of a hop. Okay. Um, that's that's less, that. less construed than the new Cloudwater um, naming um, uh, system or whatever. They must have a very big spreadsheet there to help them keep up with all uh, the different massive. names and, and numbers. So this is Colonel Brewery and based in Bermondsey down in London and... Um, just an absolute class, uh, class outfit and brewery. Um, I think kicked off probably. I'm trying to think when they uh, when they started, um, but certainly they were there at the sort of start of the craftier side of brewing. So something maybe is around 20, 2010, 2011, 2012. I guess we could research that, uh, but we're not quite as geeky enough to do it. Uh, uh, but absolutely class brewery and. As people um, know from the branding on their bottles, very simple, not over fussy in any way. Um, all their beers are named by style and the hops that go inside. And uh, they're real sort of leaders, lots of respect from lots of other more modern brewers in the industry, even though they're a relatively new brewery anyway. But they were there pretty much at the start, the sort of turnings to the sort of craft revolution side of the industry. Um, so this is my choice. I picked out the Colonel um, for the reason, really, that we've—I think we've only featured one of their beers before, and, and we all talked at the time when we featured them about them being 
just a really good brewery who just make good beers. You know, the way that you kind of describe the labels there, I think that you could probably use the same description to describe the brewery. Yeah. They're just kind of no fuss. They just make pretty straightforward, simple beers that tend to hit the mark pretty much every time. Um, and I've had a, a few um, since we last featured them on the Hopcast. Uh, they've got, a, I think it's an export stout that they've got on the keg bar here at the um, Sheffield Beer Festival. Um, and as soon as I noticed them, I thought, do you know what, I think it's probably time for us to feature another Colonel beer, which is why I, um, that's why I picked that. Any thoughts on it? It's got quite an unusual smell. It smells like a brewery. <laughs> yeah, it's got that sort of... That smell that you get when you go inside... Uh, a, a brewery, kind of like a, yeah. a not a finished beer smell, yeah. kind of a beer in progress yeah. smell. Yeah, nice bitterness to it, mm. which Doesn't of course is now on the way like back. Though. Ooh, that's quite sharp, isn't it? Mm. I think so it's, it's my favourite beer from them, but six point nine percent. It's an interesting IPA. They uh, they tend to stick to a. Within reason, a, a, a general core range of beers. Um, they always have a range of pale ales, tend to hover around the 5% mark just over. They have a range of IPAs, both multiple hop and single hop IPAs. They tend to hover around 6.8 to 7.2%. They do a brilliant export India porter, uh, stunning Imperial Brown Stout. They do a Fair number of saisons. Their saison sour damson this year has been very well celebrated, and so don't vary too wide of the mark. You'll not find them. They do an annual release run, like London Brick, a hoppy red, but you'll not find them going uh, cookie cream dough and yeah. potato in there and <laughs> are uh, too complicated. They don't do things like sours and stuff, do they? They do sours. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't special think special sort of one-off releases. Yeah, they um, tend to be. Uh, London. They've done like the Pierre de Saisons. Yeah. And, uh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they always get very good reviews. Very good. Yeah, yeah, very good. So they complement their core range and style with some seasonal specials that still don't sort of go too wild and too wide of the mark. Um, very classic in, 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 in what they do and get a lot of respect, as I said, as a, as a result of that. They don't go chasing anything. And they did open up their brewery for a, uh, a while, uh, up until a couple of years ago, down at Bermondsey, as part of the Bermondsey Beer Mile. But then they started to get sort of one or two complaints about it being too busy because it was incredibly popular and queues for the toilets and queues for the bar. And so in the end, uh, they said, tell you what, uh, stuff it. We'll, uh, um, we'll open as a bottle shop for takeaways on a Saturday. And they would have made a fortune out of those Saturdays on site, yeah. but turned their backs on that because they wanted everyone to be happy and not have to complain and so yeah. on. And I've been to a couple of them and they were rammed, but you just mucked in and sat next to whoever was there and had a good chat and had some gorgeous cheese and gorgeous bread from retailers just next door. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the end, I think the, the pressure got so high that they thought, stuff it, we'll have our Saturdays off and enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I really and respect I like that, that as well. Yeah. You know, if, if in opening it, you know, you're providing a certain feel and a certain kind of experience for the group of people that are there, but if it gets to the point where, as they clearly did, 
they felt it was having a negative impact on the stuff they really wanted yeah. to be concentrating on, then, you know, I completely respect that. Kudos to them for doing it. Yeah. Okay, as I mentioned um, earlier on then, we are in the Mill Owners Arms uh, part of the Kellam Island Museum complex, which will be, well, it's in the process of being transformed, uh, ready for Sheffield Beer Festival. And um, we, well, let's find out a bit more about the venue as a whole, uh, and let's chat to Eddie. My name's Eddie Foster. I work at Kellam Island Industrial Museum. I'm the technical services manager for the trust that looks after Kellam Island Museum, Abbeydale Industrial Hamlet and Shepherd Wheel. Um, now, we were just chatting before we started recording about um, this being quite an unusual venue for us to record the Hopcast in, and yet in some ways not an unusual venue because we're kind of in a pub, but kind of not in a pub. Yeah, uh, this was kind of the brainchild of my old boss, whose greatest wish to have his own little corner pub uh, and he'd run Kellam Island Museum for years and years so when we decided we were going to tell the story of Sheffield's brewing past what better way to do it than was to create a little boozer in the corner of the car park and then use the notice boards and text panels all around the outside of the walls of the little pub to tell the story. So, just so we get this absolutely clear, so this is not a, an operational pub as such, although people can hire it out, is that true? That's right. During the daytime, it's a gallery space, so you walk in, it looks like a pub, but it tells a story. But there is actually a bar, there's uh, taps that can be set up, so we can sell real ales from in here and have beer fridges. Uh, and you can hire out this place for parties up to 55 people with a bar with little bits of music and catered. Um, obviously, we're counting down to Sheffield Beer Festival, which will be a few more than 55 people over the course of the, uh, the days that, that that's on. Um, what, what's it kind of like for, for, for you as the museum to have an event like that here? Um, because it's, it's several, several consecutive years that it's been here now. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether we're in our fourth or fifth year since they moved from Ponds Forge. Uh, Sheffield camera kind of descend on us. Uh, but we've got a lot slicker at, uh, at helping out and getting marquees up quick. Uh, we elongate the setup a little bit more so they were in on Sunday in the spaces that they could get into while we were open. So, yeah, we're in front of plan and there will be more than 55 people visiting, I'm sure. Uh, what kind of challenges does it present for a venue like this? Because you, you kind of quite a few smaller rooms rather than just one big room, say, as it was at, at, at Ponds Forge. Uh, yeah, it's spread out over two floors, which is a bit awkward for setup. although we've got a ramp that you can drive up into our upper gallery, so uh, vans can reverse up, drop off all the kit. I've spent all day today uh, ferrying fork truck folds of barrels of beer up and down the ramp. Um, but other than that, it's power requirements for chillers in different spaces. But, uh, I mean, it's not as big as our Christmas market, and we manage that. So, yeah, it's, it's just a, a short, intense period of setting up have through the big party beer festival and then set it back down again pretty much all in a day on the Sunday. Okay, obviously you mentioned at the start about the fact that your job kind of encompasses more than just this museum. Um, just tell us a little bit about kind of the other sites that, that you're involved with. Uh, yeah, so Kellam's industrial heritage kind of well into uh, the industrial revolution whereas Abbeydale Hamlet's right at the beginning so it's water-powered site. It's the earliest example of a water-powered nearly a factory because nearly all the processes needed from raw materials to an end product is in one place so it's like a factory but it's a very very early example and it's all water powered uh, 
late on they did have a steam engine and we have got that back in steam now so it's a, a functioning site we can run the water wheels we run a water wheel every wednesday or we can run all water wheels at events and we can run the steam engine as well shepherd wheels a tiny little grinding hole workshop in whiteley woods uh, same story very similar vintage to uh, abbeydale and just did one small product not in a factory environment just in in one grinding hole it sounds fascinating. There must be people probably in, in Sheffield and further afield that maybe don't kind of know really who you are here and what you, uh, and what you do. If anyone wants to find out more about the, um, the, the, the places, how would they go about doing that? Uh, if they find our website and our Facebook pages, so it's Sheffield Industrial Museums Trust or Callum Island Museum or Abbeydale Industrial Hamlet or Shepherd Wheel. We're all over the internet and Instagram and Facebook, but there's really good websites that will take you through and, and give you guidance on the three sites and show you how to get to us. Brilliant. And obviously, we've talked about the beer festival. You mentioned about the Christmas market there as well. What other big annual events do you, do you, do you have here? Uh, we do a 40s event in the summer as well. Um, it used to be more of a wartime weekend, but we're trying to move towards more of a generic 40s event. Um, and that's well attended. It's a bit of a niche market. There's people follow 40s events all around the country and ours is beginning to get really well established, so it gets well visited. Well, anything else that you want to uh, get across? Uh, come to the beer festival. And then after the beer festival, come back to the museum and, and come and experience the museum as it is. Because when you visit the, muse- uh, the beer festival, you'll not see the museum in all its glory, although you will see the Riverdon engine run uh, each day and in, on evenings as well. Well, Eddie, thank you for your time. No problem at all. Thank you. Big thanks to Eddie and, to, well, to all the staff at Kellam Island Museum who have stayed behind uh, late tonight on, on Monday as we record this ahead of the beer festival starting on Wednesday um, so that we can uh, we can record this. So um, big thanks to them. Great venue. Um, and like Eddie said, if you come into the beer festival at the weekend, have, have a look round and then come back at another point because it's a really magnificent place, this. And I think there must be so many people in Sheffield that just don't even... that don't, don't know it's here or have never been or just never even think about coming down and checking out something that's on our doorstep that is just brilliant. I'm hoping they don't forget we're here on Locksin there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a shame Doctor Who didn't come down and use this also as a location. This would, it would have been a brilliant great location, place for that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Perhaps more Tom Baker style. But... So we finished off the, um, the Colonel IPA HBC 431. And, Which we um, all enjoyed without thinking it was in any way outstanding or remarkable. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Probably, I think, would we all agree that certainly not up there with the best kernel beers that we've had no. before. No. But certainly, there was nothing offensive about it. No. To me, it just, it tasted, I'm not suggesting this is the case, it just tasted a little bit like it just wasn't quite ready. It just needed something else to happen. Yeah. Um, Another hop yeah, in there right. to help HBC along, perhaps. Available on keg though, so that the festival kernel uh, on on keg in the keg bar. Right now we are across to Laura for her choice. I've cheated a bit here as well and picked two. I just don't want to shut up today, do I? Um, I've selected as my breweries uh, beer ink and wild child, uh, and Sean had a collaboration by them, uh, which is. Uh, particularly helpful. So I've picked them because um, Beer Inc, uh, head brewer Ryan, uh, one of my absolute favourite people in beer, is such a great chap uh, and makes some uh, really good beers too. Um, 
he's been, uh, I think he's quite well known, especially in Sheffield, and uh, a lot of his beers go on at Shakespeare's that are kind of... He used to work at Brewdog, I think, didn't he? Sheffield. Um, you know, kind of the cakey beers, and he's it. done some with Steel Sta- City, Star Industry. Star mm. Beer is his perhaps most yeah. famous and collaboration. And he's going to be on at the festival Correct. as well. Um, and I think he's also got a 3.8% Galaxy Single Hot Pail, which I'll, uh, which I'll enjoy trying. Uh, and then, so yeah, Ryan's from Beerink in Huddersfield, uh, and then Wild Child have recently, I think, moved to a newer, larger premises in yeah, Leeds. Leeds. Yeah. Um, listeners who have been with us since the beginning may remember that I chose uh, Wild Child's Opaque Reality as my uh, favourite beer. Um, back in the early days uh, of the podcast, uh, one of those beers that just worked incredibly across all three formats. Fantastic. Um, that was a mango and passion fruit milkshake yes. pail, I think. Yep. Uh, so we just now I've noticed that's cropped. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. It's cropped up in one of the supermarkets and now selling it in four forty mil cans. If it's a bit reality, I did not know about that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I've seen it. I can't think where it is. I can't think I where it is. For it. But um, I've definitely seen it in one of the supermarkets but um he's got a peach milkshake beer on cask um at the festival this week and then i believe a tiramisu stout on uh, key keg as well um so rather fittingly given all that that i've just rambled on about the collaboration that um sean's brought along for us today is a raspberry milkshake imperial stout uh, so it fits really nicely with the kind of all of those things that I love about both breweries. Uh, I've not tried this before, so I'm quite excited to try it. Both of these breweries are uh, are examples of how things really do start off small. Both Kia from Wild Child and Ryan at Beer Inc. until recently were uh, just single person breweries. In this case, single male breweries. And did all the orders, did all the brewing, did all the delivering did all the promotion, did everything for their brewery. Ryan is still the same at the moment. Kira's um, has done a great job in expanding his brewery in the last three to six months, got some uh, funding and now employs some uh, staff to help him along and develop the brewery, bigger premises, brewing lots more beers. But not too long ago, it was similar to, to Ryan, one-person breweries, Really, just getting rolling, getting things moving, and getting their foot in in the industry. Incredibly hard working, both of them, uh, to be able to do that and to have the motivation, be able to keep going and keep going and keep going with it. But uh, it's paying dividends for both of them. Yeah. I've never met Kay, but he's got my eternal gratitude. This last year, he's when I was character. choosing the beers for uh, Sunfest Festival, uh, I got in touch with him and was like just basically fangirled about opaque reality item and he just replied to my email saying I can brew it again for you if you want it first of all I was like yes so if you're listening here thank you <laughs> I'm now doubting what I said by the way about um, seeing it in a supermarket I wonder whether I actually just saw it in your shop yeah possibly it's in bigger cans now isn't we've it had, yeah we've, no it's we've had it in the 330 mils previously right. we've not stopped it to recently Oh, I've seen it somewhere um, recently in four yeah. four cans. Yeah. I can't think where. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's available somewhere. I don't if, think if you like it. But, though, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really doubting where I saw it now. It's going to drive me to the wall. I like this beer. Yeah. Yeah. So this is on the Raz, which is a great name for a raspberry milkshake imperial stout. It took me a couple of minutes to work out the Raz bit, and I've got it. Eight point one percent. 
doesn't taste it, as you probably expect of a, a beer like this that yeah. carries its percentage of the down very yeah. easy. Very tasty. You get everything that um, it's supposed to offer. There's raspberry in there. There's a milkshake feel to it. Yep. Um, whether there's an imperial feel to it, I'm not sure. Imperial stouts, it's 8.1%. I love it just to be a, 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 a little bit thicker on the mouth feel yeah, and a little bit like, creamy. It looks like it's got no lactose in it, yeah. which is uh, unusual for a milkshake. Yes, it is, yeah. So a little bit, a little bit thin, but uh, despite that, delivers all the all the flavour. Yep. Mm. Very, very enjoyable. I absolutely, completely agree with what you're saying that there's just that thinness on cask. And again, I'd be, I'd be quite interested to see what happened if you were to leave a bottle for a, two or three months and come back to it and just see what what, what happens in the meantime. Because um, it's just lacking a bit of beefiness, isn't it? Yeah. I get. I think cask would be perfect delivery for that. Yeah. Perfect. Really nice. Give you all the mouth feel. You could go a little bit silly on a night of that on cask. I don't want to go a bit silly on it. <laughs> right now, give me a week or two. I'll tell you, love that. Adam, <laughs> Adam would love that, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Despite us putting a sack of taties down there to, to replace him, our, uh, I've got to admit, I'm missing, I'm missing Adam so oh. far tonight. Yeah, I never thought I would say that because <laughs> obviously. I like to take the Mickey Mickey out of him, but he'd been very polite. I wanted to say take the piss out of him then, but for some reason Adam's not here, and I'm this being is, more polite. Yeah, you're, you're, you're being a nice person. Yeah, this is yeah. What the, a sack of potatoes does to you? Yeah, I need I need Adam back. Come back. Mon he's, ami is in France. Isn't he? He's actually yeah, he's away for a full month. Um, he's he's living. He's, he's off um, uh, recreating Priscilla, Queen of the Desert or something. In a um, he's in a camper van for, for a month with his wife and child. Um, and they're kind of driving around um, Europe. So obviously no Adam tonight. And he's also there's no Adam on the next edition of the Hopcast Half Pint. Um, which means it's me and Laura for yeah. the next Half Pint. Which is My gonna be, first ever Half Pint. Which is going to be really good fun. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. Just in case nobody's heard enough of me tonight, <laughs> get double Laura this month. <laughs> Is it true that you're not here for the next full edition of the Hopcast? Sad but true. So this is so, such a, this is such an awful story as well because we are recording the next edition of the Hopcast in effectively my local, and I think there is one pub that's actually nearer than this pub to where I live, but I consider it to be by my local, and I was really super excited about going there to record. Um, the next edition and as it turns out something's cropped up and I can't make it right, we, we need an alternative sack of vegetables turnips perhaps Laura or is he a parsnip oh. guy do you think I would have probably said sprouts because they're a bit stinky oh actually no you're, whereas Adam's a bit more of a traditional guy spuds you're a little bit more cutting edge aren't you yeah, with your baseball cap maybe like a, <laughs> a little bit more yeah, like a celeriac or yeah, something yeah maybe. yeah yeah yeah. Do you know what I want mine being? Is, Asparagus. Uh, I bet fennel. I'd like to be oh, yeah, fennel. fennel. Yeah. Fennel is un- unusual. It's versatile. You can do a lot of things with it. Yeah. Um, it, and um, it's, yeah, it smells nice. You like your aniseed. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone, has anyone ever used fennel in a beer yet to get that aniseedy flavour? Yeah, I've, I've, had a, I've had a fennel beer. You get aniseed in beer, but other oh, the fennel's been used for it. I'm sure I've had a beer that's had fennel seeds in it before. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I might like that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like a... A little like go- a fennel goes. Yeah. 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 I, I get confused that's... between beers and tea. 
All right. Because they seem to follow a similar pattern and of just like randomness. Yeah, as I've had, I definitely had fennel tea. I don't yeah. know. So any breweries out there listening want to come up with a little fennel goose? Well, maybe this right. could be. We still have to the concept, aren't we? For um, so we need to get a sack of fennel the for next time. Let's make a note in the hopcast diary for that next time. I feel like this evening has taken an unusual yeah. turn. Yeah. <laughs> Just I th- I, without Adam, I think we've been a little bit sort of bland and boring early doors there. So we, that's why we've gone fennel and gone a little bit crazier, I think. I think we're all just a little bit. I mean, I, I was away in Bristol yesterday and quite a few beers. Um, Laura's obviously a little little worse for wear today. Delicate. Yeah. You left the house uh, how many minutes after waking up this morning to go to work? Eleven. Eleven minutes after waking up. This yeah. young lady went to work. So it's a good job. It's an audio. Did you get a formal <laughs> verbal warning? Oh no, I was on time for work. No, no, I'm I, I, yeah. I'm no, no doubt you were there, but you were in shape to carry out yeah, your duties. Yeah, no, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I do still feel a bit tired, actually, from Friday, but I'm 51, so it does take three or four days to get over a festival, whereas you young fennelly types are, uh, <laughs> have got a quicker turnaround. I'm just um, I'm, I'm reading up fennel beers. Oh, yeah. There doesn't seem to have been many made. Someone suggested a fennel vit might be quite nice. Yeah, like can, a fennel can, wheat beer. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of a goose. So look out for the new fennel Abbeydale goose, uh, <laughs> launched in June, January 2019. We need to come up with a name for it, obviously. James. And Anna Seed. There's got to be something, isn't there? There's got to be a pun name. Yeah, let me work on it. I'd like to give a little shout out to a beer that uh, I had at Indie Man on Friday, and um, shamefully I've forgotten the brewery, but the, the beer I think was called Second Hardest Kid in the Infants. And yes. It just it made me laugh, it made me want to buy it. It was a very tasty little 3 point something percent beer, uh, uh, but really did make me laugh. Pomona Island, it was actually from Manchester. Very funny name. Well remembered. But, but um, we do have a beer to come that's got an even better name. Um, I'm just trying to find... Um, I took a photo of a, of a beer. Uh, here we go. Uh, are any of you uh, fans of or previously uh, viewed Father, uh, Father Ted? Yes, of course. Right. There was a beer on by Boundary, yeah. which was called Ecumenical Matter. Yeah. That was the name Very of it. Good. Uh, and I've got a group of friends that live in Scotland who uh, are all big fans of Father Ted, and we have often had um, different uh, kind of conversations about them. So I told them that I was going to buy this beer and just stand there until someone came over and asked me, what beer is that? <laughs> so I could use <laughs> the idea. Ec- yes, sir. Uh, you've got to have watched Father Ted to get that, but that's one of my favourite If episodes. we do have any listeners that uh, don't like Father Ted, uh, I'd prefer it if they would switch off. You know? <laughs> uh, we, we don't want types like you listening to a, a podcast like this. <laughs> Thank you. <Harsh. laughs> Um, right, any closing thoughts on On The Raz? I like, actually, the more I drink it, the more I've got, I've got into it. Yeah, very mm-hmm. tasty. Ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Just a little bit of mouthfeel. I am desperate and know I will find that on cask somewhere. Yeah. Got to. No, I really liked it and looking forward to trying the uh, cakey, milkshakey, chocolatey, desserty treats that. that are lined up from Wednesday at the festival. Very good. 
Um, speaking of the festival, um, let's find out a little bit more about it and have a chat with Paul, who is one of the organisers. He's, he's now the head the head organiser. He's the head organiser. Yeah, he stepped in. Wow. Uh, Louise was, has been um, um, lead organiser for the last two, three years. Paul's been an assistant and Paul has taken the step up right. this time. But a few moments ago, down in the beer tent when we saw him outside, Paul's outside, in fact, the mill owners as we speak, giving us a thumbs up. Louise was still helping him out there, uh, uh, so it's good to see that she, uh, she's, not oh, letting her, she, she's not letting her pe- a pupil get away with the I mean, easy did, times. He did just walk up to the door in a high-vis and walk away again. He did, so he, he did give uh, us a thumbs up, though, <laughs> so he, look, he looked very happy. And the job that's held him up from talking with us tonight has obviously been solved. Right, good. Uh, well, even though he's come to the door and now gone away, through the magic of podcasting, we can now hear from Paul. <laughs> So Paul, I'm guessing, you know, really easy week for you, not, not much involved at all. No, nothing. It's, it's been very, very simple. <laughs> Everything was finished about 10 o'clock this morning and we've just been sat having a beer since then. So as we talk now, it's Monday evening um, and it is pitch black outside. Um, I'm guessing that you've been here for a long time. Just, just kind of talk us through what the, uh, the days leading up to the beer festival uh, entail. You know, when, when, when do you start and how long does it take? Well, I mean, the, all, the process all starts around February time, believe it or not. Um, so we have monthly meetings going through, uh, just basically planning what we're going to do, who's doing what. Uh, my job as organiser really is to sort of oversee what people are doing, to, to sort of not make sure that they're doing it, but just to keep an eye on, on what's happening. Uh, there's certain people, they, you give them a task and they'll go off and get that done straight away. Other people you might need to give a help to, um, but you just got to keep an eye on on things. Really, um, it's a pretty pretty experienced team of people. Really, um, they've been doing the festival for a long time. Most of them. Um, we are trying to plan a little bit of succession planning because there's a few people who, who want to step back a little bit. So we're trying to bring new people in to learn what they do. Um, but really, we've for the last couple of years we've just really repeated what the festival was. So we gave everybody a chance to to learn how to do it. Um, so we've, we've made a few little changes because we don't want it to get stale. We don't want it to be people to come to the festival and think, well, this is just like last year. So we want to try and make a few changes. Um, and some of them are quite minor little changes, really. But we just think it's, it's something people will notice. Uh, we've got a few ideas for, for next year. Um, we've, we've looked at possibility of tutored tastings, mm-hmm. so tasting sessions in one of the rooms. Uh, I quite like the idea of having a, a, an introduction to beer session because we get a lot of people and you can tell from i mean i've worked the tokens desk where as soon as they come in people need to buy a token so i'm on the desk where they come up and buy the tokens and you can tell they're not really beer people Mm -hmm. they've just come because it's a beer festival but they want to know they want to know what they can drink what they can try and i think a a little introduction to beer um, session just half an hour that people can go into a separate room and we'll run through you know the, what's a pale ale and what's a stout and the real basics really for people who aren't familiar and then they can go through all that and see all the different types of beer you can get and then go out into the festival and there you go there's 250 of them you know go and explore yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I mean what are we 48 hours away now from um, the first <laughs> yeah, yeah. the first session um, how on track is everything more or less, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're sort of happy with where we are at the moment. By the Monday night, you have to get all the beer in place um, and get the chilling on it so it keeps it cool. 
so you're not going to move it for the next almost two days really so by the time Wednesday comes around at five o'clock when we open uh, the beer's been sat there for, for almost two days completely still with the chilling on it keeping it cool so it's in good condition when we when we open up uh, and we've achieved that everything's in place it's taken a while you know the, the chilling systems use cold water that it pumps around the pipe work and of course inevitably there's some leaks here and there so you have to find them and sort that out um, but as we stand now at eight o'clock Monday night it's it's in place <laughs> so we're happy Excellent. Um, and just a word really on, on, on this venue, because um, I know obviously Sheffield Beer Festival's been at a few different places. I, I went to it when I was at, um, just up the road at, at Ponds Forge, and there's been a couple of other places it's been over the years as well, and, and it's really found its, its home now here at, mm. at Kellam Island yeah, Museum. Um, and it's such a, a, kind of a, a, a kind of a unique venue for something like uh, a beer festival, and an amazing backdrop for, for just enjoying some beers. Mm. Oh, it's, it's a fantastic venue, because you've got, I mean, we have the, the upper hall where we put the bands, and that's, that's clearly you know, a big old industrial building. Um, and then you come through, there's the Mill Owners Arms where we are now, uh, which a lot of people come in and think it's, you know, it's a replica of a pub and it's got all the, the brewery photos and things on the walls and it's got some nice hand pumps and everything. But you can actually really operate it as a pub. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Bradfield take that over. Uh, they've been good, good sponsors for us for the last few years. Um, so that's, that's a nice part of it. We've now got the keg room. And there's just lots of it. There's the, the Riverdom steam engine that they run three times a day for us, which is spectacular-looking thing. Um, so it's just, it's just history. I mean, Callum Island's got a lot of history anyway, uh, and the museum sort of celebrates that. And although you're not going into the museum itself, there's enough around it as you're walking around the festival to realise this, this is where you are, this is Sheffield's history sort of thing. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic venue, I think. Just worth mentioning as well is that... Um, uh, obviously, you guys on the committee work so hard to make this happen, but it, it, it wouldn't take place if not for the, the amazing volunteers that you've got. Oh, yes, I mean, we've got, I think, 180 volunteers this year, but everybody involved in the festival is a volunteer. Nobody's paid at all. Everybody just does it because they like the festival, they like to be involved. And, it, and it's great. You, you, it's nice to feel part of a team. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people you can tell they like to come in because they want to be a team of people that are producing something. When it's all underway and it's all working fine, you can sort of sit there and think, yeah, we, we did this, this is, this is great. It's a real... It's hard to describe that sort of sense of satisfaction, that it's all working and there's a big group of you all got together and did it. Um, so, yeah, the, the committee put an awful lot of work in, I know they do, um, but the, the volunteers do give up their time, you know. There's people being in here today that... I'll be here for two, three, four days this week. They've taken time off work and they come in at nine o'clock and they stay till seven o'clock. And when we're open, they'll come in at midday and they'll work right through till midnight. You know, they do a lot of work. So, yeah, we, we just, if it wasn't for them, there would be no festival. Yeah. Absolutely. On, on behalf of kind of the, you know, the beer community of Sheffield, thank you to you and to everyone that puts the time into making this um, happen because it's a fantastic event. I can't wait for, for Wednesday to come around. I'm coming on Friday as well and then again on Saturday. Um, and um, it's always a fantastic, really good event to be at. So, um, yeah, big thanks to, um, to you and everyone that, that, that makes it happen. Yeah. Um, Paul, thank, thank you for your time and, and have a tremendous Sheffield Beer Festival. I'm sure we will. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So we are on to our final beer of the night, which has been picked by Paul. Um, and he picked out, and this is a good choice actually, 
um, Abbeydale, who have um, what several uh, beers on at the festival over the weekend, spread across both the cask and the um, the cake. Come on, how bar. many? Is several appropriate people often accuse us of perhaps not being quite. We're, we're a bit relaxed with this, not knowing when a brewery started and not knowing the facts and figures sometimes. So several beers when we have an Abbeydale employee sat sat at the table. Tapping at a phone, trying to work out how many they've got on. I can tell you that they've got. <laughs> Come on, how many? Five, five on the keg how bar. Many several? Five on the keg bar, including the one that we're about to drink. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to have a guess at five on the cask bar. Uh, you would be correct. Get so in ten there. Oh, ten there you go for all you fact I finders. I was going to guess at ten. We do know what we're on about. <laughs> Including Citizen, which I think we need to talk about in um, in a minute, but we'll come back to that. Um, so, yeah, this has been picked out then, so it's one of Paul's favourite breweries. This is a beer that is on at the festival. Uh, it's Splash It All Over. It's a Brute IPA. Um, I mean, Laura, you're probably the best place to tell us a little bit about the, the, the story of this, because it is a um, collab beer, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's a collaboration with Han Bregeriet from Norway. I've probably pronounced that atrociously. Uh, but we got Casper, who's one of their brewers, came over um, a few weeks ago. Um, he was really keen to try out a brew IPA. I believe it's not something that he'd made. Um, obviously quite an up-and-coming beer style at the moment um, that we were pretty keen to have a go at as well. Um, and we're all really, really pleased with how it came out. Um, it's in the same artwork series as what was started by creeping brett by uh louis lewis ryan uh so it's really really colorful uh it's got a mermaid on it and the mermaid came before the name and uh, it was actually my dad so shout out to den who has named this beer splash it all over after yeah, the uh, brute ads back in the day that i'm y- your definitely favorite not old brute enough ads? to remember henry cooper kevin keegan yeah I'm not familiar with any of them. I'm 37 and even I don't know. Shamefully, yeah. I did have some brute when I was younger, but I think I borrowed it off my dad, so that's okay. Right. Isn't it? When you're an up and coming yeah. young tyke, yeah. to nick your dad's aftershave. There's also, my other favourite thing about this label is uh, it was drawn pre Bake Off beginning, and Bake Off is one of the only things I really like watching on the telly. And uh, we've just discovered if you watch it the mermaid looks exactly like kim joy off the bake off <laughs> but obviously uh, any resemblance completely coincidental but that did make us chuckle the, the, the other thing that i noticed and this is very visual and may not make sense but the hat the cap that i'm wearing which is of the football club in germany that i follow called um st Pauli, um their club logo also appears to be uh, in several places on the uh, on the can which is the old um, jolly roger kind of skull and crossbones oh, thing yeah. which is crops up on the can as well yeah. uh, and this all works brilliantly on a podcast because you can't see it but <laughs> if, you, uh, if you if you find yourself at the beer festival at the weekend yeah. buying it then uh, have a gamble yeah and if you do get a can like keep your labels because there's going to be six in the series and they're all going to join together Very it's going to be a craft beer jigsaw you're doing a book you're doing a book from to all going like Northern Monk yeah come on this is it <laughs> Not sure my merch skills are quite that far. Anyway, shall I open it? We should also (laughs) thank Robin, Robin Baker down at Abbeydale, who uh, um, organised for the beer to be dropped off. We've had some dropped off today to sell from tomorrow, but managed to organise that this afternoon. We were going to use another Abbeydale beer, 
but uh, Robin ran up to the shop this afternoon to uh, sort this one out for us. Okay, so it's the first time actually, because I did post earlier um, a photo of the beers that we were um, mm. using tonight, uh, and it was almost like a stop press, last minute kind of, you know, uh, substitution. Someone injured in the warm up, so uh, we have. Well, you've to got your best striker on the bench, and they're now themselves fit. You've got to, you've got to get yeah, them to squad. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so Brut IPA intended to be quite an effervescent uh, style um, and dry on the palate, but with a really nice burst of uh, fruitiness in there as well, uh, borrowing the name from the world of champagne. Mm. I have been very underwhelmed so far um, by the Brut IPAs that have um, been released, hit the scene, whatever you want to call it, over the last uh, what six weeks or so. Um, but I had the first one that I really liked at Indie Man on Friday, that was a Buxton, I think it was called Intercontinental Brute. Um, but uh, um, there was a fruitiness to that followed by the dryness. And on a lot of them I've just found them to be dry from the start and dry to the finish. But there was fruit up from then dryness, which I really enjoyed. How does this compare? It compares very favourably, I'm glad to say. <laughs> very favourably. So this is perhaps my um, second favourite brute of all time. Mm -hmm. But if I have another drink of it, it could easily jostle the Buxton one the for a top spot. The thing I really like about this that I think has been lacking from the others that I've tried, it's that, it's that little tickle right at the back of your throat as you swallow it, which really does make you feel a bit like you, yeah. you're drinking a wine. Yes. Gets your tongue and the roof. It's a good description, There is a, a tickiness going on. Mm. Also, in uh, other hilarious Brute IPA news, uh, me and Jim took the first keg of this to uh, meet the brewer in Birmingham and we took it on the train, oh. which uh, absolutely baffled out. and slightly terrified our fellow passengers. <laughs> <laughs> so, not, yeah, that not, is very good. It's not a style that I've particularly explored, I've got to be honest. No. Um, I found them a bit one-dimensional, and um, it's, de it's deliberate that they, sh they should be dry. I saw a review um, uh, um, that's been posted on social media recently where somebody complained that a brew type here was a little bit too dry and marked it down on untapped, which caused a lot of hilarity. But they are, it's, it feels like a simpler style in terms of the dryness, but I just enjoyed the Buxton one particularly because it had something else going off as well. Whether that's true to the style or not, I'm not sure. A style that's uh, come out of San Francisco. So apologies if that's not true to the style, but that made me enjoy it more. Right. And this one, uh, I think, again, has got a little bit more going off in it than some of the others that have been released so far. I'm quite enjoying it because it's so much different to what I would normally drink. Um, and that makes it really interesting to me. Mm. It's not a style that I necessarily like seek out yeah but the fact that it is different yeah i'm not sure it's a moorish style in terms of sort of drinkability no. i'm not sure it's one way you want to keep going again and again and again i see it working quite well at something like a beer festival because yeah. when you've got a lot of stuff that's maybe of a similarish yeah. style or stuff that's quite um quite out there and every so often you need something that's just that little bit different. Sort of resets the palate a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it, it, it would be a nice match-up with uh, foods particularly. There's a sort of simplicity and yep. that dryness would, would, would match up. I'm, I'm keen to eat something with that. I can see it working quite well with like some fish yeah. dishes and stuff like that. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. something chicken, chicken related. Yeah. Maybe even fennel. Mm. <laughs> fennel oh yeah, brute. like sea bass and fennel. Sea bass and fennel brute oh, IPA. Yeah. yeah, that sounds fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got we've got some really important business that we've got to take care of. Uh, I didn't mention that we were going to talk about this because I thought Sean might not turn up in a sulk. Because oh, hang on, what's happening? Do you know <laughs> about it? Do you know? Well, if you remember the last time when we recorded it, we um, given our notice papers. when when um, Sean got absolutely leathered before we even <laughs> started recording. Um, we each presented our uh, suggested name for what a one-third measure <laughs> should be called. And um, I thought this was oh no, it wasn't for a one-third measure. It was for a, a plastic for a plastic, plastic, plastic glass. glass. Somehow it ended up also. I thought this was all done with and sorted and. I, <clears throat> Yeah, but we haven't, we haven't, we haven't presented the <laughs> final results. We haven't on air yet, Sean. Um, so I, my kisses were uh, uh, audible. At this well point, done, um, concede oh, total we, defeat, because yeah. I, I came last with 18% with Thika, um, which was a combination of third and beaker. Which I thought was good. Um, Adam came second to last. Oh no, no! Hang on, hang, hang on. No, I think you were lucky to get that amount of votes. So we need to analyse each one. You were very well, lucky. I'm lucky to come last. You were very lucky. What did you get? Thirteen percent. Eighteen percent. I have no idea how that got eighteen percent. Well, because it's a good idea. No, the, See, the third them, bit. None of them crashed and burned. The third That's bit nice. had no bearing on it at all, and I couldn't. I was honestly, I was there when you announced it. Subsequently. I couldn't understand what the third but, but I mean, to be fair, though, <laughs> meant. But, I, mean, I didn't even know it was a third. But, but you were shit first, so you were... You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Fika, 18%. Yeah, 19% for Swiggle. I mean, come on, what's that going to do with beer, Swiggle? I, I agree. I also think that that was very mm. lucky um, to, get, to get such a high percentage. It's that ridiculous. Was, that was Adam's so suggestion. I think that's family and friends. My mum and dad aren't on social media and didn't vote for mine. Whereas there well, were no, two hundred votes cast on. Oh, my, my, my dad, my dad is. He's not on Twitter. Yet. My dad's not on Twitter. <laughs> two hundred and seventy-seven votes altogether. So we talk about what came third last, or second, if you want to call it that. Um, that was Beaker. The suggestion from Sean with his fancy branding. And is beautiful. Carefully though. printed off on slightly beautiful. thicker than normal. No paper. votes from family and friends. What percentage did I get? Twenty-six percent. Twenty-six. I can't believe that you were only eight percent behind mine. I just I can't believe that. Well, I, I can. <laughs> my idea wasn't that bad. So, but the the winner by a country mile, to be fair, with thirty-seven percent. So. Uh, I mean, a long way ahead of, 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 of the rest of us, uh, was Laura with PLAS. Thank you to all who voted for me. Which you really talked down when you suggested I did, it. I did, I thought... And I got the impression that you spent all of a minute thinking about it. Potential sympathy I had thought about it loads. It's just the idea that came into my head first was like the only one that ever happened. And I remember thinking, it's just too straightforward. But then actually, in hindsight, that's exactly what we needed, was something clear to the point, you know... In uh, York on Monday, Monday lunchtime, uh, me and Deb went into the King's Arms down by the river, the pub that floods. So Sam Smith's. Smith's. Yeah, Sam Smith's. One of the markers on the... We, markers on the wall. Uh, we walked to the front entrance, no swearing, no spitting, no nothing, no this, no that, no groups of eight or more, lots of rules. Uh, got in and 
Uh, Deb went and, and, and got beers from bar and put mine down in front of me and I picked it up and it was a plastic glass. A glass? All, all, of, all of the glasses in the pub were made of a... It was a very smart version of a plastic glass. It wasn't sort of flim-flam-flimsy. Yeah. It was a real smart version, probably one of the best. But as she put it down and I picked it up, I said, oh, that's a beaker. But then within, Laura, I promise you, within at least two, three seconds, I said, actually, no, it's a plus. Ah. <laughs> so humble, humble in It's a true story. True story. And then I think I complained about rigged or something. And <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, congratulations. It was a, a plus. And I didn't, I didn't feel daft saying it. Good. Yeah. Well. So let's hope, let's hope Uncle Sam, Sam Smith's brewery can... Uh, should I trademark it? Ad, 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 should, yeah. Adapt it. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to have to pick a beer of the night. There's only three of us, so this shouldn't be a, any real chance of it being a, a tie. Um, unless we mm. all pick one different yeah, beer. Yeah, that so would it be could very it actually could very easily be a tie. I'm <laughs> talking out my arse. Um, so... <laughs> um, Laura, do you want to go first? Yeah, I know I picked it, but I'm going to go for the uh, Beer Ink Wild Child collaboration. Um, partly because I wasn't sure how drinking beer was going to treat me today, and I thought 8.1% Imperial Stout, oh no. And then I drank it and was like, no, actually, this is making me feel good about myself again. So, for that reason, I'm going to pick that, and I'm genuinely excited to um, try their beers. Uh, collectively on uh, on Wednesday night when I'm down here. Okay. Um, I don't think this is going to make any sense. That was also probably my favourite beer. However, I am going to pick the Abbeydale Brute IPA for the reason that it surprised me the most out of all of them. Um, and I found it a lot more enjoyable than I thought that I would do. Um, and as much as I enjoyed the... Was it called On the Rouse? Mm-hmm. Just thought it was just a little thin. Um, whereas I can't really fault this for the style that it's trying to achieve. Um, so that's one vote each. So Sean has, well, either casting vote or he could throw a tersal curveball and make it a three-way tie. Uh, I'm not going to do that. So uh, my choice was also the two that you two have also uh, mm. voted for. And this is tense. This is uh, almost like waiting for the final results of the yeah, uh, plastic glass. There's no, f- <laughs> no fennel involved, thankfully. Uh, um, Flavour-wise, I really enjoyed On The Raz. But I agree with you. I think that was just a little bit too thin in bottle. I'm hoping perhaps uh, uh, via a um, keg or, or cask, I'd enjoy that even more. And I will honestly look to seek that out. But the one beer that's absolutely nailed what it should be tonight um, is splashy all over um, the Abbeydale Brute. And, and again, more interesting. And, and I'm not sure. I'm not a brewer. I'm not sure whether a brew IPA should um, reveal interesting things. Um, it could be that the style is just really one-dimensional and just go for the dryness. But that and the Buxton that I've had recently have been the best two so far because they give you something first before the dryness hit your tongue and the roof of your mouth. I think you are supposed to have a degree of like an, an aromatic level yeah. in there that I, for me has also been missing from some of the others that I've tried, yeah. uh, which I think has resulted in quite a lot of them tasting old quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, they uh, do. Yeah, whereas yeah. Um, I do think this has a really nice freshness to it. 
Um, and yeah, we're, we're really happy with how it came out. So six and a half percent. Um, there's rice in there, which yeah. is very interesting. Yeah, well, uh, that was added to kind of ensure that the overall mouthfeel of the beer was kept fairly light. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and also it doesn't add any colour um, and we wanted it to be really pale. Uh, just keeps it that, that nice level of crispness and doesn't add any sweetness when was that in either. Canned? Long, when was that Friday, Friday last week, so it is, uh, wow, it's been in can for three days. Mm, wow. And yes, on uh, in keg at Sheffield Beer Festival, along with four other Abbeydale kegs of five casks. That's <laughs> ten in total. Will Abbeydale be top dogs at this year's beer festival? Will any other brewery have more beers on sure? at the festival we'll see on Wednesday night you broke you broke into full on radio presenting I really did then I, didn't I, I enjoyed it as well, it was actually. almost it was almost like the bloke from Big Brother but without the dodgy accent yeah <laughs> brilliant um, so I'm at the beer festival Wednesday night Friday night and Saturday daytime I'm at the beer festival on Wednesday night yeah I think I'm only going to make it on Wednesday night as well uh, Unfortunately, but well, it's always a. It's always but a I won't be driving, so I'll be getting steamed. I'll be getting. I'll be getting steamed in. Um, I will be armed with a microphone, so we will hopefully be doing um, a short special edition from the opening night of the beer festival on Wednesday. Um, on Friday and Saturday, I won't be armed with microphones. Should we on Wednesday all wear our Sheffield Hopcast T-shirts? I think then we if, should. If any of our listeners yes. want to come and give us the finger in the face and tell us how shit we are, yep. we're, we're there and available, aren't yep. we? Um, absolutely, and if anyone, however, um, would like to come and have a chat with us just about their favourite beers, <laughs> rather than telling us how shit we are, um, then um, they'd be more than welcome to do that as well. So um, yeah, keep an eye out for for Sean and I. And do you do you have a Hotcast T-shirt? I don't actually have one yet. Lauren, no. I didn't know I this. I wouldn't have suggested. This <laughs> if I, I didn't know. Well, uh, I'm going to be. Uh... That's Pauline I from Adam. Adam goes off well, to France and kits everybody else up apart. It's like a sack of spuds, isn't well, it? Well, I think um, I've been inspired actually by Adam's little girl who has a pink hot yes, t-shirt. So I think I'm going to copy her. Yeah, well, Adam's he's good on the t-shirts. Whether he's, he can meet the challenge of organising a t-shirt for Laura from France by Wednesday, by Wednesday evening. Well, <laughs> you we, never know. We would have to change the vegetable if he managed it. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's also got the task as well of being um, in charge next month because I will not be here for the November. <clears throat> Excuse me, the November edition of the Hotcast. So it's all over to Adam, who will be um, in, in, in sole charge next time around. So no pressure, Adam. I, well, I wish you both the best of luck. It'll be a shambles, man. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be better behaved than I have been today, I promise. Brill, um, I'll be back in December for potentially something a little bit different that we're going to be doing then for um, our festive edition of the Hopcast. But for now, have a fantastic Sheffield Beer Festival. Um, come and see us if you're here on Wednesday and keep an eye out on Friday and Saturday. I'll be around then as well. And um, we will see you again in November. <laughs>